Hey folks, TJ here filling in for Rich to let you know that this episode of the Press Row Podcast is brought to you by Out of the Park Developments, makers of Out of the Park Baseball 19, Franchise Hockey Manager 4, and MLB Manager 2018 on mobile. Step into the shoes of a GM and or manager to own the future or rewrite the past of your favorite baseball franchise with Out of the Park Baseball, available on Steam, EA's Origin platform, and of course at OOTPdevelopments.com. If you want to see what the game is all about, you can stop by our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash OOTP developments, where we do OOTP baseball streams Monday and Tuesday and a franchise hockey manager stream on Wednesdays. Can't watch live? That's fine. We archive it all over at youtube.com slash OOTP developments. And again, you can check out our award-winning sports strategy game, Out of the Park Baseball, available on Steam, Origin, and at OOTPdevelopments.com. Franchise Hockey Manager is available on Steam and OOTPdevelopments.com. And MLB Manager 2018 is available on Google Play and Apple's App Store. And now, this week's episode of the Press Row Podcast. Well, here we are. It's late July, and the wave of sports games for the summer is about to hit. We've got some big developments regarding two upcoming games to go over, and then we're going to be talking about the best sports video game soundtracks. This is the Press Row Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Weedai, Pasta Padre. With me for this episode, we've got TJ Lowerman. He's that sports gamer. And Chris Jardine, also known as Snaggle J. Thanks for coming on, fellas. TJ, you're first up. What you been up to lately? Hey, Brian. What I've been up to is not being invited to Press Row Podcast episodes. Uh, it's very hurtful, it's been uh, if you ask me. It's been a drought. Uh, I, and I, I'm going to put the blame because he's not here on Rich for that. You should really take that up with him. I will definitely do that. Uh, I've been playing a lot of baseball games. Uh, I've been finding myself more and more frustrated with the show uh, as the year goes on. And so I've been playing more and more... Uh, out of the park baseball 19 hashtag ad plug uh, <laughs> yeah you know that's something that we uh, that rich and i've talked about or referenced a few times uh in recent weeks is the the kind of angst from uh some of the biggest people in the in the mlb the show community whether that's you or mills gaming tv guys who love the game and play it basically year round and put hours upon hours into it and you seem real frustrated by by certain things. And I know I know one of the big things, obviously, because they've been trying to fix it all year, is the hitting. Uh, is there anything more than that that's been uh, driving you away from it a bit? Yeah, still getting some some weird animations on defense. Like I had uh, this guy did a drag bunt and it hit my third baseman in his ass. I saw that. I was kind <laughs> of upset about that. Uh, yeah, and just. Little plays like that, like, not stuff that alone would drive you crazy, but stuff that, like, in in total will drive you insane. Yeah, I've seen Mills uh, kind of separate the offline play of MLB The Show this year and the online play, and, and it seems to be online where these issues are really exacerbated, um, and, and it's just, it's become really troubling, uh, I think, for a lot of people who put their time and money into the game. Uh, but there's so, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a reason why you keep going back to it, even with all that happening, right? Because it's still, at its core, it's still a really satisfying game to play when everything's working properly. Yeah, uh, yeah, just that, just all that stuff adding up, 
it keeps I feel like I come back and I'll play it and I'll play like two or three games and I'll be happy and I'll come back the next day and I'll play two or three games and I'll be happy and then like last night please don't go watch the Twitch archive because it's atrocious Uh, (laughs) I played about I didn't make it through a half an inning I played a team with all immortals and then my whole team just decided to not know how to play baseball anymore Uh, and I turned it off and then you know what I did went over to my laptop and started a new out-of-the-park baseball franchise uh, where I'm going to sell off everybody on the Mets for the most part and see if I can see if I can do something to turn that team around. Already doing a Braves franchise uh, that I've been working on for a couple months, mm-hmm. but now I'm going to do... I've been doing the Braves franchise uh, on stream and for my YouTube channel, but this Mets one uh, I'm just going to be writing up at thatsportsgamer.com and hopefully, you know, Rich and Gus aren't mad when I trade away you know, all the quote-unquote young talent that is leading the Nets to not be a good baseball team this year. But What are you going to do with your boy, Tim Tebow? <sighs> you know, I haven't even thought about it. Wow. And that should be, he's that should be, definitely going to be my starting right fielder in the very near future. <laughs> I was not say even a question. I was going to say, that should be your number one priority uh, is to figure out what to do with him. Because obviously that's important. Yeah, well, I was looking at the lineup last night and I was like, yeah. Like, you know, the Mets are in a interesting position where, in like, on paper, they have a good team. Like, their team's not bad. Like, it, it should not be as unbelievably bad as it is in real life. They just get hit with a bunch of injuries, and a bunch of freak stuff seems to happen to them for some reason. Uh, but, like, on paper, they're a decent team. But I was looking at the lineup last night, and I was like... You know, the idea of this rebuild is going to be to try to get them back into contention in, like, 2021, 2022. And I looked at the lineup, and there's, like, two guys in the lineup that I would actually want to have at that point. Because right now, they have a bunch of, like, 33, 34, 35-year-olds in their lineup. And that's not going to – they're not going to be around in four years when I'm going to be trying to be competitive with this team. And – they're they're good on paper, and if like you do if you do an out of the park baseball sim, you know, in what the computer thinks yeah. is real life, and not you know, uh, Joanna Cespedes just apparently has calcium deposits in his heels that the is Mets that, knew about years that, ago, but didn't tell anybody. And <laughs> is that not an injury in your injury report? No, oh, TP. Uh, I don't think it currently is. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of crazy injuries, uh. The Mets just had uh, Noah Syndergaard over the All-Star break. I think he went to, like, a a kid's training camp and got hand, foot, and mouth disease, which this I didn't is... even know human <laughs> beings could get. Wow. And that's a mess. So actually, that's a mess. So thing. what's funny is actually this week I wrote up the storyline for that that is going to go in maybe in the next update to Out of the Park. Oh, wow. uh, there will be a storyline where you can contract hand, foot, and mouth disease. <laughs> Well, I, that's that's excellent. I mean, it's it's very important to keep up on those because there are so many quirky injuries and and incidents that happen. It seems like baseball more than any other, and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because the season is longer and the guys have too much free time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and running the the Twitter account at OTP Baseball, whenever there's a weird incident that happens in baseball, you hear about it. I I get a tweet. <laughs> The second after the news story post, where it's like, this sounds like an out of the park <laughs> injury. Like yeah. we had, you know, uh, when Trevor Bauer cut his hand on his 
drone uh, on his on his drone. We we put that in real quick. Uh, I think it was this off season. Someone fell through their barn roof, so we put that <laughs> in the game before it launched. Okay. So yeah, there's just a lot of weird stuff that seems to happen to baseball players. So yeah, try to keep it as real as uh, humanly possible, even though. People are like, this doesn't sound real, and it's like, yeah, well, it happened like ten times already. So, <laughs> uh, what else? What else you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of the Division. If you, I picked that up. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, I got an Xbox One X not too long ago. Oh, awesome! Uh, and it came with a uh, Games Pass, like a month of Games Pass. Games Pass, great deal. Yeah. So I started playing the Division, liked it, just bought it because I think it was like fifteen bucks at the time, uh, and I wasn't going to keep up with the Games Pass because. A lot of those games I don't really like. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of The Division. Uh, I'm excited to play uh, Madden. I'm going to jump over to Xbox uh, for this uh, season. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, or at least I have, and I think Rich probably has, that's where we'll probably be doing our franchise. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what that looks like in uh, beautiful, powered by 4K, played on my 1080p monitor. Uh, that should be good. And another game, I don't know if I've talked about it on here. I I want to say I haven't, uh, but I've been playing a mobile game called Golf Clash. Uh, I believe it's on Android and iOS. I guess it's got to be on both because I think Rich has too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you just play like one hole against someone else, uh, and if you shoot better than them, you get like you you bet money, like a set amount of money and virtual or not money. real not real money, fake yes. money. Yes, uh, you can put in money to buy balls and all gems and stuff. Uh, I haven't done that. Maybe no. I did buy balls at one point. Uh, but yeah, it's good. You just but uh, it's online head to head. You play uh, one hole versus person. Uh, you know, if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. If you tie, you go to like a a one shot playoff closest to the pin. Uh, so it's good for just like um, if you just want to pick it up for five minutes here and there, uh, knock a hole out. It's a it's a whole lot of fun. I highly recommend checking it out. Awesome. So. Chris Jardine, Snaggle J, been a while since you've been on. Also, uh, how are things uh, in uh, you know for you? <laughs> uh, I've spent a lot of my time uh, throwing shade at Rich uh, every Thursday on Twitter uh, for me not being on the Presser podcast. Yeah, so, so that's what, all we. So, it's all we need is to to kick him off, and then look. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean, he tweets out every Thursday, you know, hey, you guys have any questions, let me know. And my question always is, (laughs) hey, how come Snaggle J is not on again this week? Yeah, but that's okay. You know, it's 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 only been probably a few months. I can't remember the last time. That's fine. I've been keeping busy. It's okay. My feelings are not hurt. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I have been, you know, it's funny listening to TJ talk about, you know, the frustrations and stuff with the show. And right now, for me, the show is actually the only the third most played baseball game that I own, um, behind obviously out of the park baseball hashtag ad, um, super mega which, baseball, and super mega baseball as well. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I enjoy you know OTP on the official OTP development stream, but I also play it in my personal time. It's a it's a wonderful game. I you know I don't just play it you know for for the stream. I, I play it a lot on my own personal time, but super mega baseball for me is like, I still play MLB the show. I have a Mariners franchise. I, I do not play diamond dynasty at all. I'm completely withdrawn from it. Now I don't dabble in it. Um, I'm, I'm completely 
out of that particular aspect of the game. I play the franchise mode and I enjoy it, but Super Mega Baseball for me has eclipsed MLB The Show in fun factor by a wide margin, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, and it, and it's just a very well done game. Uh, you know, don't let the cartoonish graphics fool you. It is definitely a simulation of baseball. It's very, you know, the controls are very similar, but it's just a very well done game. And it has those customization features that MLB The Show doesn't have. So for someone who likes to go in and tweak the jerseys and tweak the players and tweak the names and then, you know, put your friends in the game. And like, I just find Super Mega Baseball to be a lot easier for that. Uh, and I've been playing a lot of non-sports stuff, too. Um, I've been dabbling in the Paladins on uh, Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Uh, I've been playing Fortnite on Nintendo Switch. The Switch has taken up a lot of my time. Uh, I'm playing Pokemon Quest on the Switch, uh, which is something that I bounce back and forth because my kids really enjoy it. Uh, and something we're going to talk about, but I've been playing the uh, NHL 19 beta, which came out today. Yep. Uh, and... It's, I'm looking forward to a very busy fall. I mean, we're, what, uh, 11 days away from Madden? The, you know, the if early you, act. If you count EA Access, we're like six days at this point, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. See, I see me not being. I'm glad all you guys are you know, <laughs> t- telling the world that you're scared to play me on PS4, so scared that you're moving to another console. Um, so, you know, that's that's good for my ego. Uh, you know, no one wants to play me on PS4. That's fine. I understand. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, you know, we're getting into the heart of the fall season, you know, with, with Madden and with NHL and we get NBA and we have mm-hmm. FIFA and we have Pro Evolution and then not to mention all the non-sports AAA games that oh. are coming out as well. Yep. Like, it's... The, the last four months of 2018 is going to be like you're going to need to find an eighth day of the week somewhere in there to to try and play everything that you're going to want to play. Like I look at my list, which I just happen to have next to me, uh, and I have no less than 11 games. Uh, and that's not including the ones that I haven't been able to finish, like Octopath Traveler, which I've barely been able to play. It's just it's been an awesome year for video games. So hey, does your list have when um, uh, Fire Pro comes out on PS4? Yes, it does. When is that? Because I am super excited for that. I think it's August 20-something? Yeah, it's late August. I don't remember the date specifically. but Excellent, because I, I really want to play that, and I am not become in- I have not become interested by anything I've been hearing from WWE about the uh, what is it? Two K nineteen, I guess. Yeah. August. Other, other August, than the pop figure. Figure for August twenty eighth. August twenty eighth. Fire Pro Wrestling World comes out on PS four. I'm gonna circle that date on my calendar right now. Yeah. Big day. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, let Let's shift then to you brought it up, Chris. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the NHL nineteen beta, which is out now and it's uh, gonna stay open until at least August second. In the past, EA has ended up extending those week-long betas a little bit. It wouldn't be surprising if it ends up going through the end of next week or something like that. Uh, but, the, you know, it's a great opportunity. It's an open beta. You don't have to sign up. You just go and download it on Xbox One or PS4. Great opportunity to try the game out. Uh, they've got some of the new features built in there to try out, including the NHL 1s. Remember last year they introduced NHL 3s, which was 3-on-3, three three, kind of an arcade approach uh, to that mode, and now NHL 1s, which is 1v1v1, 
uh, creating a whole new dynamic. And I've seen a, I haven't had a chance to play any of the beta yet, but I, I've seen a few videos of it and it looks pretty fun. I mean, it's not intended to be a simulation thing, and I actually think NHL, uh, the series in the last couple of years has really tried to shift and, uh, create a product that's more appealing to a casual crowd and that and that continues this year with uh, NHL ones uh, and they've got the the character creation and uh, I think EA Sports Hockey League is involved in the beta also Chris give me some of your impressions uh, having played it uh, here on its as we record its first day of being out so my first impression has nothing to do actually with the beta itself but uh, you guys may have noticed as well, as well. The social media reaction to this beta being out was way beyond the hype level that I actually expected it to be. And I don't know if that's where, because people are frustrated with MLB The Show and, and kind of where Diamond Dynasty is right now. But my Twitter was blowing up with people who I've never seen talk about NHL, tweet about NHL, probably never play NHL, mm. who were extremely, extremely excited and hype to play this beta today and are streaming the beta or have streamed the beta and are still streaming the beta. It just, that to me was the, was the first big thing was I was blown away by the hype level that there was for this beta. Um, just not something I expected. And I think I, I, uh, I'll interrupt you just for a second. I think it's yeah, a, um, uh, a sign of uh, also how they, how they rolled this out. So in the past, these betas for eSports Hockey League, you had to, or sorry, these uh, betas for NHL, you had to go to a website, you had to put in your email address, and this was weeks or months uh, in advance of when the beta actually began, and then they'd send out a code. It was a whole big process, right? Um, and then inevitably there'd be people who weren't aware of it, and time would come, and then they weren't involved, and then EA would open it up to everyone after a few days, Uh and so it, it was not, you know, streamlined. It wasn't necessarily a uh, consumer-friendly approach. And you also have uh, Madden, which recently had a beta where they gatekept it uh, or gatekept it the whole the whole time, uh, and then used it as a way to build social uh, buzz by giving out codes and things of that nature. And still, a lot of people who wanted to participate weren't able to. So I think. Uh, and it's it's the right approach for NHL because they want to build their uh, consumer base. They want to yeah. get new fans. So making it easy, accessible, and kind of dropping it out of nowhere. We all kind of knew end of yeah. July is when this happens. But there was really no indication this was going to happen until the news just came out today. So I think yeah. uh, it was the way they approached it and the way they, they rolled it out. Uh, it definitely has benefited him them here, and I, I agree with what you were saying about that, Chris. Well, well, let's put it this way: we're July twenty sixth, and right now, as we're recording this on Twitch, there are four and a half times as many people watching NHL nineteen beta streams as there are watching MLB the Show eighteen streams. That's interesting. So uh, it's, it's working. Yeah, that that's interesting because. You know, we we talk about streaming numbers for sports games, and NHL, I don't think has much of a streaming presence. No, and also, uh, it's it's an open beta. Uh, you don't yeah. have to sit and watch somebody else play it. Even you can play it for yourself. Yeah, you can go play it for yourself. So I think it, that is showing maybe a sense of interest. And also, yeah. also, are these new modes 
you can get to this yeah. a little, little bit, Chris. Are these new modes more streamer-friendly? Like, they're arcade, a little over the top. Is that yeah. more fun to watch as a streamer than just a, a, a simulation NHL game? Yeah. Well, I can tell you, first of all, that the the ones mode is, first of all, it's very it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, do I necessarily think it's more streamer-friendly? Um, I mean, it's more casual if you're the kind of streamer. Like, you know, we'll use Mills as an example. You know, obviously, friend of the show uh, is is very well known for his franchise related streams, but he he also can mix in the casual streams as well, where he will play something like ones or threes or you know, and, and it works. I, I think it's all dependent on your audience. I mean. If you're someone who only streams franchise modes and games and you go to stream ones, it might not work out well for you uh, because your audience is used to seeing something, you know, a little more methodical and a little more, you know, piece by piece as you go through a franchise. But, I mean, I had a lot of fun playing ones. I played it for probably two and a half hours before we started recording this. Um, You know, it's, again, very, very geared towards casual people uh and i know we had this conversation about a year ago when we talked about threes would it be something that people would play beyond the first two weeks of release threes was one of those things where you played it a couple times and i don't really know if you ever played it again after that i know i didn't i I played it the first week i can see ones being something that may have a longer sustained life cycle because if they can properly integrate some events into it and maybe tie that in again i know right now um you know as you progress through your character levels you get equipment bags which will unlock things like you know sticks uh, clothing for your character, whether it be the casual clothing or whether it be the real NHL clothing. Um, you know, is there a way that they can have events where they can somehow tie that back into Hockey Ultimate Team? Hmm. Um, I, I feel like they have a better chance with ones on making it a more sustained effort that people could play for a longer period of time. I think it was a lot of fun. Um, just like threes, I do see the possibility where you're going to have people that, you know, are griefers and are just trying to abuse and exploit the mode. Um, like every other arcade mode NHL does, the goaltending is horrendous. Uh, I, Me, personally, I'd like to see the goaltenders be a little bit more of a challenge. Um, but overall, it's really well done. It's It was a lot of fun to play. Um, the games are quick. You can get right into one. They're three minute games. Most goals wins. Obviously it's not like threes where you have like the special pucks that, you know, can give you two goals or take away goals from the other team. It's just goal for goal. One V one V one. Most goals wins. Uh, it's really simple. You know, when your game's over, you hit play another game. It puts you in a match. You don't even have to go back out to the menu. You're right back in another game. Um, that was really, really great. Uh, yeah, overall, I'm really impressed. Um, I know it's hard to gauge gameplay-wise from playing an arcade mode, but the skating feels better. I feel like uh, the response time from your inputs was was improved from last year. Um, I feel like the hitting detection was really good. Again, even though it's an arcade mode, I feel like not every time I tried to use the hit stick 
ended up in a big hit. If I missed someone to the left or to the right, you know, there would be often little brush buys and, and more often or not, that would penalize me more than it would the player that brushed by me. Um, so I think that was really well done. So yeah, I think it's heading in the right direction. I'm sure EA is going to get lots of great feedback from the beta. Um, yeah, it, it's, it was a, it was a fun experience. So what did, did you spend time uh, playing anything other than that, that particular mode or is that where you I, focused? No, I played a couple games of threes, mm-hmm. uh, and I tried to jump into uh, just an EASHL pickup game, but uh, I lost connection right as I was loading into the game, and that was right before we were going to come on uh, come on to this, so I never got a chance to go any further with that. Um, I did watch a few people play some EASHL games, but not enough where I could form any sort of opinion on where I think that particular, uh, if there's any improvements or any issues there so far. Okay, great. Uh, TJ, don't remember if you ever play NHL. If if you do or you don't, does the beta tempt you at all? Uh, yeah, I've already downloaded it, got it installed, uh, and I'll probably be checking it out after we record tonight. Awesome. Well, I look forward, maybe we'll hear some of your thoughts on that on, on Twitter, or you can post some videos. I'll be looking forward to that. Um, one, one other piece of news to hit on uh, this week, pretty major as far as, well, Rich and I have talked about our theories on what was going on with NBA Playgrounds 2. Over the last couple months, it was delayed five days before it was going to release. Uh, Saber Interactive, the developer, had not said anything about it since. So we had various theories, and one of which was that it, uh, the studio may have been acquired or, uh, as it turns out, a, a publishing agreement with, with 2K Sports. Uh, so it's now going to be called, and I don't like this name, it, it's, it's not a good name, but it's NBA 2K Playgrounds 2. Uh, so, uh, same game, essentially, I mean, it was already set to release, they may add a few features, they may add some to the roster. Uh, I think the big question is going to be whether they tweak it to become heavily monetized, because uh, NBA Playgrounds was built on kind of a card-based, uh, as far as how you acquire players for your team, uh, or you unlock the roster at least at first. Eventually, you could pay to unlock the entire roster, but it was card based, which would make it a natural transition if they wanted to do, uh, if they wanted to monetize that. Uh, and it's coming out now this fall, which is really a very difficult time, as Snaggle talked about earlier, as far as how many games are coming out. If it's coming out this fall, it comes after all those sports games that, that Chris mentioned. It comes uh, against, you know, going up against uh, huge AAA games in that October or November period where people are allocating their money to bigger things. And, and so, the, but, but that being said, it's got the 2K name now. That's a big selling point. It's going to get a lot more exposure because of that. Uh, with the backing of 2K Sports, so I think that it's a good sign that uh, a major publisher sees value in an arcade sports game, uh, because we've gone a long time without having a whole lot of them. Um, we're starting to see them come back because of independent developers. TJ, uh, what's your reaction to all this? Well, my first question is: Did they put a did they put a price on the release for this fall? Not yet. So it was going to be twenty bucks, uh, mm-hmm. but that could very well be different now. Yeah, because I know. When we first heard about it being delayed, uh, a lot of the speculation was, you know, maybe it's going to become, you know, a release first on PlayStation as part of PlayStation Plus and then come out on Xbox later or come out with games with gold or something uh, when that happened. I 
I can't see 2K trying to be like, hey, go spend $20 on this game and then go spend, you know, $60 or the $100 version. Or is there like a Super King $150 version of 2K this year? Probably. (laughs) Right. So that's that's and that's a good point. I mean, as I said, it's not only competing against all those other games, but. But you're right, it's competing against NBA 2K19 because people will have spent 60 to 100 or whatever it is, dollars, and beyond uh, on, on VC, on uh, their, uh, their you know, card-collecting mode within that game. Uh, and so it, it becomes a tough ask. And when I wrote up my article on this news, I, I mentioned that games, uh, sports games that have released in the fall have typically failed. I mean, that's where college basketball came and went uh, and didn't sell because of those very same challenges. Uh, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how well it can do in that environment at that time of year. Because uh, it was going to come out in uh, June, which would have been a great time for it, because there's nothing else around it. Uh, but now it's sliding back, and it's got uh, that whole you know uh, money issue as far as whether people are going to want to commit to it or not. But like I said, if they monetize it, Potentially, and this was a theory I threw out a couple weeks ago, potentially they could turn it into a free-to-play game mm. and then uh, just monetize it on the card-collecting side of things. Um, they, you know, Whether they do that or not, we don't really have an indication, but it would also explain why it's taken months uh, if they were going to transition it uh, in that way. Yeah, it does, it does seem like a good idea to release it for free, especially since you're gonna, they're probably going to be releasing both games on the same day or very close to each other, I well, would assume. So, no, Well, it, it fall. Uh, so um, technically NBA 2K is a summer game if we're going to be strict to the actual seasons. And then fall, what is the fall dates this year? Um, let's see. Where does fall fall this year? Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you guys call it up there? You guys call it autumn? How's Canada work? No, we call it, we call it fall. I, I call it I call it fall. So so that's uh, fall or autumn, uh, September twenty sixth through December seventh. So, I mean, I kind of figured that it's probably going to fall in October or uh, fall, no pun intended, uh, in October, late October, um, once the season has begun, and they probably want to space it out. If they sell it, they probably want to space it out from NBA two K a little bit. Uh, but uh, if it's free to play, they could really put it anytime they want within there yeah maybe they do like the uh, a light version for free but then there's like the 20 dollar, you know get 100 packs or whatever yeah and there is bonus like, version like you said tj there is still the possibility that they could make it in xbox games with gold or a game pass or or a playstation plus uh release uh they could still do that I mean, or they could just try to package it in with 2K. Well, that's that's you know that was something that I thought about too. Was that well, uh, they could either combine it into the game and make it its separate, uh, you know, its own separate mode within NBA 2K. They've they've expanded that series as far as its uh, content to to a great extent already. It wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, you're right. They probably will at the very least if they do sell the game, they could sell a combo pack or something of that nature at this point. And there's. There's almost precedent because I think it was NBA Elite 11 was going to have NBA Jam on Fire Edition yes. with it uh, as part of the sale. Uh, tragically, we never got NBA Elite 11 and the T-Pose everywhere. Uh, I mean, but I still play NBA NBA Jam on Fire Edition. That's a backwards compatible game on Xbox One. So yep. if you got that, go play it. 
Chris. They, need, they just need to update the rosters on that. If they could just what? do that, I would play yeah. that game all the time. <laughs> yeah, legalities, licensing, you know. Uh, Chris, any thoughts on uh, NBA Playgrounds? So I have interest in this game for one very specific reason, and that's because I feel like it could be the perfect Switch game. Like, if you look at, and not just sports, because, I mean, again, the sports footprint on the Switch is still very, very limited. And, and, again, and going to get smaller, because 2K is not going to release WWE on it. Right. No, well, that that's fine, because WWE was an absolutely colossal failure on the Switch to begin with, because, like most games that get ported that quickly it was a shell of the actual game that people were used to playing on the quote-unquote more conventional consoles but like you look at the sports games that have done well and immediately golf story comes to mind fantastic game uh really well done one of my favorite games that i've played on the switch so far i feel like nba 2k playgrounds 2 which is agreed ridiculous name (laughs) it's tough to say (laughs) it is i feel like nba playgrounds 2 again could be a great switch game it's something you could pick up and play you know and have fun with but again it's dead in the water in the fall it has no traction unless they get and again the things you guys are talking about you know games with gold doesn't exist on the switch ps plus not on the switch if you bundle it mm. with NBA 2K, I ain't buying NBA 2K. I don't, I don't care. I'm not buying it on the Switch. There's not a chance. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like this game was made for the Nintendo Switch, and it's probably going to be the one that they're going to do the greatest disservice to, just like they did the first time. So while I am still cautiously optimistic, and I will still definitely... You know, give it a try and, and see what's behind it when we eventually do get it released. Uh, my hopes for this game right now are very, very, very low. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what 2K does to prop it up. Uh, I suspect they'll they'll have a hand in it. It's late in the game uh, for that, but uh, they'll have some influence on it. Uh, we'll have to see where it goes from there. But uh, let, let's shift now to. Uh, sports video game soundtrack. So Madden NFL 19 released its soundtrack this week, uh, and that got me thinking. Uh, we've talked about it briefly. We've never really broken it down. Uh, what are some of the best sports video game soundtracks from uh, the history of sports video games? Uh, so, you know, I look, went back, and I, I'm not sure any of us consider ourselves music experts uh, of any kind, but... Uh, but as far as when you listen to a soundtrack, when it accompanies a game, uh, you, you tend to remember. It, some of them are memorable, some are, some are forgettable. Uh, but it, at least for me, and I think probably all of us, it's a, a lot more about nostalgia than it is about like the, the hottest songs of the time uh, being on the soundtrack or the biggest artists being on the soundtrack. Uh, music, of course, very subjective. Uh, but uh, based on Twitter, I think there's there's almost a consensus on on like a handful of sports games. We'll go through that later. Uh, the responses I got on Twitter when I posed the question. Uh, but we're gonna count down our top three uh, favorite sports video game soundtracks. TJ, start us off with your number three. Uh, my number three is probably somebody's number one around here. Uh, the original Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. Mm. Uh, big fan of songs such as 
uh, Psycho Vision by Suicidal Tendencies, New Girl by the Suicide Machines, uh, and of course, Superman by Goldfinger. I think in college, I literally downloaded every single Goldfinger album that was available, uh, and I'm still a fan to this day. Nothing is better than pulling off a 900 while uh, talking about The New Girl. Yeah, Tony I can't Hawk, wait to tell you all about it. Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, was a popular choice on Twitter also. Uh, so, TJ, you hit on one there that I, I think uh, was uh, you know, a, a, a choice that a lot of people had in mind. In the franchise, have had you know great soundtracks. But. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the things it's best known for. Uh, Chris, you're uh, you're number three. Well, while I, you know, agree that Tony Hawk Pro Skater is a is a very acceptable number three selection, uh, as TJ put it. I'm my sure, number I'm three sure he appreciates your your accepting of it. I, I do very much. <laughs> my number three is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. Whoa. Uh, Mainly because, in my opinion, one of the best songs used in any sports game ever is Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine. was also in Madden NFL 10, by the way. A little bit of uh, maybe some foreshadowing for later. Uh, but you had Bad Religion. You had Anthrax uh, featuring Public Enemy. You had Power Man 5000. You had Papa Roach. The whole soundtrack, top to bottom. Again, you could pick any Tony Hawk Pro Skater or Tony Hawk Underground game, and the soundtrack is you know is top-notch. But for me, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 was uh, the one I had to go with as my favorite. I'm going to go listen to When Worlds Collide right after we finish recording this. See, you should. You really should. All right. So my number three uh, is going to be a game from 2003 known as NBA Street Volume 2. Uh, this, this is a game with uh, – and, and I went back and I researched some of these soundtracks and I listened to some of them uh, over again. And it, it brought back to me that really there's probably no – this might this might be the soundtrack that best encompasses what the spirit uh, of the game. 
reminisce, I reminisce. For a spell, or shall I say, think back yeah. 22 years ago to keep it on track. Uh -huh. The birth of a child on the 8th of October, my like toast. That. But my granddaddy came sober. Count all the fingers and the toes. Now I suppose you hope the little black boy grows. Yeah. 18 yeah. years younger than my mama. But I really got beaten with the girl of trauma. Yeah. In single parenthood, there I stood. By the time she was 21, had another one. Uh, it was very you know, heavy on old school hip hop. It just fit at the time. And it fit the style of the game. And so I went with NBA Street Volume 2 as my number three choice here. Solid. I was always a fan of the uh, of the NBA Street. Uh, you know, that that particular soundtrack was... I, and again, like you said, I felt like it, it fit very well with... Uh, with the with the type of game that they were trying to put out there, so yeah, no, definitely a yep. solid choice. Absolutely, TJ. What is your number two? Uh, my number two takes us to the year. I don't remember when how when baseball games got their numbering right. Uh, so <laughs> brings me to MVP two thousand five. Okay. Uh, with such amazing songs as the Donuts, we got the noise, uh, the Bravery's Honest Mistake. Uh, what do we got? I guess this is Louis the Fourteenth finding out true love is blind. Uh, hot, hot heats. You owe me an IOU. The high speed scenes. The I Rock Z song, which is amazing. Uh, and of course, uh, after the Red Sox World Series victory, Dropkick Murphy's Tessie. And sometimes when the game is on the line, Tessie always carried them away up the road from the base to Huntington. The boys would always sing and swing. the thing that we're going to realize is we played these games so much that these games were like bored into our head. Like I heard these songs had to have been hundreds, if not thousands of times. And, uh, yeah, really good. Uh, really good soundtrack. It only had like 10 songs on it. And I think yeah. eight of them, I know way too many of the words of, <laughs> uh, yeah. MVP, the series definitely got a, got a lot of tweets. Uh, but there's, I think there's some debate within there about which was the best one, 2003, 2004, 2005. I'll tell you, I have an MVP on my list, but it is not 2005. But I loved all three of them. They're all really good. Uh, but I decided just to pick one of them. Went with a different one. Uh, Chris, you're number two. Uh, like, like I get used to uh, working at Out of the Park Developments, I love when TJ does my job for me. Uh, my number two is also MVP Baseball 2005. Um, and again, I, I do get where there is some dissension within the MVP ranks for three, four, and five. But like you said with NBA Street, Brian, um, I feel like the 05 MVP soundtrack, while you don't have really any names who were huge at the time again the dropkick murphys you know kind of rose to prominence with boston winning the world series in 2004 and whatnot um 
but I feel like the the soundtrack for this game really fits that particular baseball game. You didn't need to know the songs. They just worked well within the game. It was a good listening experience. Like TJ said, you got to know the songs. They got bored into your head. You never knew the names of them, but you didn't need to because you just, you know, you knew when you heard that song come on that you liked it. So, yeah, for me, you could have went with 3-4, but for me, 2005 was uh, was by far my favorite. So also, this game had really good mini games, That's which I think did, is why yeah. we heard a lot of the music too. Yeah, exactly. You say that I was literally going to say that hitting mini game is probably where I heard the music the most, mm-hmm. and that's that's why yeah. it's that's why it it makes that impression on you because a lot of times you'll hear the soundtrack in the menus, and you know it, you don't necessarily want to be in the menus, so it's not a great you know, recollection. But when you can associate it with something that's actually fun, like we were able to do there, I think that that gives it a big leg up. Uh, my number two, and this is uh, a, a range of time, at least for EA Sports, where they were really killing it with soundtracks, as we just talked about MVP. Uh, I'm going with Madden 04, and this was a t- another tough call for me, because Madden 05 I-, I thought was really strong, too. Madden 04 uh, is my choice at number two, and what, what EA did really well back then was uh, they the, the variety on the soundtracks... It was di- different styles of music. Uh, it was also uh, a mix of unknown artists and and f- you know fully established artists. Uh, but MV- but Madden 04 is probably the the sports game I spent the most time with, at least around that time. The most time playing, and the soundtrack never got old. And there's a lot of songs on there that I still listen to, and will listen to to this day. And uh, I, I give it the uh, the nod because of all of, of those factors. Mm. Way Away is definitely my DB Ballswat training game song mm. that I remember the most. Absolutely.
Yeah. Uh, interesting that you said uh, you had to decide between 2004 and 2005. Uh, I was when I was going through these before uh, for my honorable mentions. I do have Madden on there, uh, but I actually cut off 2005 and instead went 2003 and 2004. Mm, okay. uh, I felt like 2005 wasn't as good as uh, as three and four. But yep. Personal preference. Oh no, absolutely. Three is a strong one. Also, I, I was looking at some lists. Uh, of people's favorite uh, favorite sports video game soundtracks, and '03 was was one that got mentioned a lot too. So, uh, TJ, your your top sports video game soundtrack. Okay, so obviously, you know, number three, I had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. You know, your punk, your ska, uh, a lot of drums, a lot of horns. Uh, then number two, I had MVP Baseball 2005. I don't even know what you call that music. Is that is that alternative? I don't even know what that is. It's like uh, punk pop. Was it? Is, I don't Some know. of it. Is, yeah, I guess Tessie. Yeah, you know what? Maybe it is. Uh, so we're going to stick with it and go with uh, the amazing, amazing rap soundtrack out of uh, the wrestling game, Def Jam Vendetta, oh, featuring shit. such amazing songs. This is 21 tracks, and I actually have this on my phone to just play at random times because they're so good. Uh, we got DMX's Party Up, Keith Murray's Yeah, Yeah, You Know It. Such a good song. Uh, CNN, MOP. It's called Stomp Dash because they can't say the whole title. else we got here uh comps do something is good uh method man's uh-huh is good they're all they're just also good uh joe budden focus i think joe budden is also on the uh men nfl 2004 uh, album with uh pump it up i believe uh that is that is correct we got dmx x gonna give it to you uh, and it's all, I believe it's all introed by uh, DJ K. Slay, a.k.a. Slap Your Fever DJ, uh, a.k.a. The Drama King, a.k.a. The World Heavyweight Mixtape Champion, a.k.a. a.k.a. I believe that's all in the intro uh, a song if you need to, if you want to check that out. 76 minutes and 47 seconds, apparently, of, uh, of really good rap music. Absolutely. I mean, that game was really built around music, so mm -hmm. uh, that it was successful in that manner is... Uh, you know, and it stuck around for you. So that's and it good. was, and the thing, the thing that really got me with this game uh, in particular was, I did not like those. Uh, Chris, you'll have to remind me. What were those first PlayStation wrestling games or first PS2 wrestling games that were WWE? SmackDown like versus Raw. Raw SmackDown versus Raw. Smack, yeah, Raw versus SmackDown or SmackDown versus Raw. Or yeah, and coming yeah. from N64, I did not like those games at all. Yeah, they were atrocious. And Def Jam Vendetta used the uh, a key engine uh, that they used on N64, and it was like uh, putting on an old sweatshirt, or what is it, whatever that uh, yeah, whatever that phrase is. Uh, a really great game, uh, amazing soundtrack. I still listen to some of these songs to this day. 
but did they have was Acuman a character in Def Jam Vendetta? That's uh, I'm gonna say no. But he was he, he was awesome in the uh, in the wrestling games. Was it Nori that had a large gold eagle on his wrist? Might be a thing. I don't remember. One of those guys. Po- possibly. All right, Snaggle, what is your top sports video game soundtrack? So all the people who replied to your tweet, which as of us recording this is over 50 responses, mm-hmm. nobody that I have seen has mentioned this game, which is both good and bad. But for me, the best sports video game soundtrack, and this may be a stretch, but Gran Turismo 2. Oh, not okay. even. Okay, listen, just listen. Listen to these artists. Moby, Fear Factory, Rob Zombie, Filter, Garbage, The Cardigans, Foo Fighters, The Crystal Method, Stone Temple Pilots, Creed, Hole, and Beck all on the same soundtrack. And if you go to the European version, you have Fatboy Slim, the Propeller Heads, the Stereophonics. Unbelievable soundtrack for a game. I mean, that for me is like my teenage years wrapped into like a Wikipedia article. Uh, just, yeah, that those are all, you know, right up my right in my wheelhouse. Not to mention the fact that Gran Turismo 2 was a was a pretty good game in its own right. Uh, and I played the absolute living guts out of it. Uh, but yeah, to me, that soundtrack, nothing holds a candle to it. Wow. Yeah, you really you went uh, off the board. That's, a, that's that a really good soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, my number one, uh, and I talked about it a little earlier, and it's almost giving credit to MVP Baseball for its uh, three-year, if we don't count the, the college year three-year run with it with mlb uh i went 2003 though and i'll tell you why if there is one game if there's one song that i identify with mvp baseball more than any other it's swing swing by all american rejects
So that that's the one when I think of MVP baseball, that song immediately gets stuck in my head. Uh and and I still listen to it to this day and it brings back memories of MVP baseball and I don't even associate it necessarily with MVP 2003. That song makes me think of 2004 and 2005 also for, for whatever reason. Uh but it is kind of I'm awarding it that spot kind of for 3 years of magical soundtracks that really just did that series uh incredibly well. And uh but yeah, I mean you guys take an MVP 2005, I can't fault that either, but that that's my choice for the top one. Um responses on Twitter, uh we got a lot obviously for some of the ones we picked. Yeah, we didn't see Def Jam, we didn't see Gran Turismo. We did see Tony Hawk several times. Uh, We got some mentions for uh, FIFA World Cup, 98 and 2010. Both of them have uh, at least pretty memorable kind of main like theme songs to them. Mm. Uh, Madden 03, as as we mentioned earlier, was one. NBA Live 03. uh, NBA Live 03, I don't know if you know, it was the first video game soundtrack in history to be certified platinum by the RIAA. sold over a million copies worldwide also uh at some point i went to a GameStop and was going to trade in my copy of uh nba live 2003 they were going to give me about a buck 25 and i was like no i will keep this just for the soundtrack cd nba live 03 one of my favorite sports games from its time uh not because it was a, a great game necessarily but i had more fun with that uh, online with some buddies of mine than I that I may have had <laughs> at any other time. Um, oh, only seven songs on the soundtrack. Yeah, all fire. Definitely go to YouTube and check them out. Yeah, um, Madden 07 got a mention, so another Madden. Uh, and it wouldn't you know it wouldn't be any sports video game show talking about the past without somebody bringing up NFL 2K5 soundtrack, which I don't don't remember being uh, or I don't know if it was particularly memorable or not but uh but it did get a mention and and it was a serious one uh, so it, it may have a good soundtrack I just don't it just doesn't come to mind just for the ES for the ESPN uh loops alone that would yeah. make the soundtrack oh, there you go. Oh, uh, acceptable another Madden um I don't remember what year it was but it was the year with all the NFL films music mm-hmm. um and then uh an honorable mention from me I would say uh, NBA Ballers uh, which was kind of an a poor man's NBA Street Volume Two, which which I which I put in my top three. Um, pretty good soundtrack for its time. Uh, I know you guys have some honorable mentions you want to hit on. Also, Chris, how about you go first? Uh, I just have a couple. So uh, for me, I really enjoy the NCAA games that where you can just turn it to the fight song music. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I never felt like the NCAA games had really good soundtracks, but I always love just turning on the the fight songs and listening to that as you're playing through, and it kind of gets you immersed in the game. And they're really well done and really well recorded, and they're just you know, so it's a little different experience. Um, SSX Tricky, mm-hmm. um, obviously the soundtrack was good beyond just the song Tricky, but. Uh, the soundtrack was really good, you know, kind of a throwback and it, really good game, really good soundtrack. Uh, and, yeah, I think any Madden between, like, 04 and 2010, uh, depending on your flavor of music, you could go in there and, and listen to, you know, 2004 through 2010 and probably find one of those games that you really like. Uh, I have, you know, I enjoy them all to varying degrees, but I think that period was really strong for the franchise when it comes to uh, – 
when it comes to sound. TJ, run through anything uh, else you got on your list there? Uh, we named most of it. Uh, I did see someone tweeted out uh, Need for Speed Underground. Yeah, there uh, are, that had a very, yeah, very good soundtrack. Absolutely, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I think of everything else we covered. Uh, there was a, I want to say it was like All Star Baseball 2003 or 2K3 at the time. Uh, I think it had the either the music from The Natural when he shatters the light or a very close facsimile. Uh, so that had some good good music. Uh, honorable mention to what year was the NBA 2K game where. Uh, while it was installing, all you would hear is Kanye West's power uh, for like an hour and a half. Because that was a good game. Oh, that was a good uh, time. But I have, I have a question. Uh, I'm also, I'm gonna, I'd like to pose a question. I would also like to give my uh, thoughts on the answer before uh, I let you guys do it. Okay. Uh, obviously, we picked a lot of songs like pre 2010. Well, yeah, I was if, just actually let me let me just make a point. I was gonna bring up sure. uh, the. The most recent game in either in all three of our lists, the most recent game to have released was 2004. That was MVP Baseball 2005. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I was going to ask why. My answer. <laughs> so I'll ask an answer. Uh, podcasts definitely. I think I started listening to podcasts in probably 2005, 2006, somewhere around there, and then probably the rise of YouTube. And, you know, second screens and cell phones and streaming uh, and, and streaming yeah, Spotify when they when they made it possible. I mean, you could always do it yourself and through your headphones or whatever. But when they mm-hmm. made it possible to stream Spotify or or Pandora uh, over top your games. I mean, that was these games still come out with soundtracks, but I don't I don't know if they'll ever have the influence that they did in the past. because no. So many people just override them now. And most of the time, you know, if I'm playing, all the music is turned off because I'm probably streaming and I don't yeah, want to get yeah. uh, a copyright strike. Or yeah, exactly. if I'm watching someone else's stream, they don't have the soundtrack on because they don't want to get a copyright strike. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes I see, you know, these new ones come out and I'm like, that's great. I'm literally never going to have the music on. Like the first thing I do uh, with a new sports game is I go in and I turn off the music so that I don't accidentally get the copyright strike on that first video I upload. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and also, but definitely podcasts. Listening to podcasts back then, just playing through, especially because sports games you don't you don't need to be listening really. That, I think that's also why nobody really cares about commentary anymore because we're not listening to it at all. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I miss good I soundtracks. Mean, yeah, and and I agree hundred percent. Like that, the first thing I do with a game is turn the soundtrack off because you know if I'm going to stream it or create any content from it, I don't want the songs in there, but. I look at the Madden 19 soundtrack, and there's not a song on there that I enjoy listening to, and I might only recognize hmm. three or four of the artists that are on there. And I, uh, I think as we as we move on and evolve, I think you're going to see the soundtracks continue to dwindle in quality. Because people aren't using them. Why would EA go out and try to secure rights to a song that no one's going to listen to? So, you know, they've been trending this direction for years and years now where, and it's not just EA, it's every, you know, sports game. They they tend to have more and more independent artists, you know, shown off in their games because it's cheaper for them. 
Yeah, they're not going to get the budget <laughs> they did back in, you know, uh, over a decade ago. But, yeah, but, but really, did those the, the songs that we were talking about in our top three... Did you know those people before you heard them in those games? Well, they, no, but not yeah. most of them. No, yeah. but that, they launched careers. I mean, that was what EA was known for, particularly with Madden back in the in the days. Is every artist wanted to get onto the soundtrack because yeah. they could launch their careers, and they did that for several of them. And and I think if you look back, especially in the middle two thousands, EA had a tremendous amount of overlap with artists. To various games, how many EA games between '04 and '07 was Franz Ferdinand involved in? I think it's like five. I think it's like five. How about, like how about four the walkie-talkie album of that other band? Just because uh, it was in one of those games. But that was the one thing is that EA showed a commitment to to some of these artists that you know, hey, we'll, we'll you know we'll reach out to you, we'll put you in this game, and and they did you know take people and and let them over a few years you know put songs into their games, and some of them it launched their careers. Like I said, for me. Even if copyright and streaming, you know, if that was not a concern, I still have no interest in the soundtracks that come out in sports games today. They just don't appeal to me. They appeal to people who are 10 to 20 years younger than me, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't have to listen to them. I can fire up my Google Play Music, and I can listen to that, and it's not going to be a problem. All right. Well, that was fun. I'm glad we got to... uh go through those soundtracks and yeah because i i suspect in the years ahead we won't be looking back and saying you know that we had memorable soundtracks in the year 2018 or 2017 it's just not it's just not going to be that way anymore uh I, I would also i would love to know what i mean let's just face it world uh i wonder what younger people would have for their lists i feel like a lot of people we got answers we got responses Maybe. back from were older because obviously they were playing you know madden 04 madden uh, nba 2k3 and all that stuff so i would like to know like someone born in 1998 if you're if you're listening and you were born in 1998 or later or sooner i don't know how that works uh if what soundtracks are good for you like is is nhl 16 a dope soundtrack and we just don't know yeah, you know, and there's maybe know, it is. NBA 2K had the soundtracks, which were curated by the likes of Jay Z, and they had a bunch of big artists on there. Uh, and we don't even talk about it uh, because it's just it was prob- probably because the time it released just did not have that effect on us. And so maybe maybe it is maybe is that is a big deal though. I've seen 2K trend away from making it you know for a couple of years that was one of its main one of their mm-hmm. big selling points because they knew they could reach a different audience and uh they would get exposure on music websites and blogs and and youtube and all in that manner and now that seems to be kind of fading away too so uh but uh, there yeah a lot of great points uh about where these soundtracks were where they've come now and like you said tj how how we perceive it versus how others may perceive it depending on age that's all all a, you know all a big factor in, in all of this so um but that was good i enjoyed that discussion and uh tj let's start with you where can we find you when you're you not find- doing the podcast well when i'm not doing the podcast which is too frequent so let's update that so you can find me here on press for a podcast mm-hmm uh, you can find me on Twitch at that sports gamer. Uh, also, twitch.tv slash OOTP developments Monday nights. Uh, playing my Angels franchise. We won the 2021 World Series. That was pretty dope. 
then my personal channels, uh, Twitch and YouTube.com slash That Sports Gamer. Uh, Braves franchising out of the park. Uh, still still streaming MLB The Show. Uh, you might, if you find that archive of last night's stream, you'll hear me yell uh, a very bad word and then my stream just dies. <laughs> and, and then I disappeared off uh, off the internet for a few hours after that. Uh, trying to, I wanted to write a little bit more, so I've been uh, I'm doing this Mets franchise and out of the park uh, over on thatsportsgamer.com. dot uh, com. Just because I feel like I don't write enough, because what it's weird because I started writing uh, some storylines for Out of the Park, and I was like, oh yeah, writing. I used to like doing that a little bit, dude. When you so, start writing, it's easy to keep writing. Yeah, but when you take time away from it, it, it becomes yeah, it doesn't seem as appealing. But once you get on a roll, at least it's always been that way for me. When I'm on a roll, I can keep going for mm-hmm. for eternity. It seems like yeah, and, and it's not like podcasting where it's like I say something, and I was like, nope, that was stupid. I can just go beep 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 Absolutely. and take it all out and, and redo Absolutely. it. But I have the benefit of I can edit out anything stupid that I say. Yeah. Uh, so. You refuse to do it for us, but no, I won't okay. do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a that, there's a fee. It's yeah. very frustrating. It makes me look yes. better. Uh, and he, he makes us Venmo him. I don't know how that works. I only use PayPal. I don't oh, understand. Venmo. You got to get. On the I don't Venmo understand train, the kids. Man. No, the, that's a that's a kids thing. You got to get on the Venmo train. Uh, uh, wait, I yeah. have something. Oh. One more thing. Uh-huh. Me and Chris are going to do something. Uh, he probably thinks I'm going to say one thing, which is hilarious because I wouldn't mention that. Uh, but. Uh, like I said, I, I wrote the uh, the storyline for Out of the Park about getting uh, hand, foot, and mouth disease. One of the things me and Chris think would be cool to do uh, is we are going to, at some point, I've not nailed down these def- these uh, details with Chris. Uh, we're going to stream like a brainstorming session for storylines to put in the game and maybe like type them up while on stream discussing them. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be on our, one of our channels or on the OTP Developments channel. Uh, but, you know, uh, a lot of people love the storylines that are in the games. So this is kind of a way that, you know, we can interact and get some fresh ideas and put some cool stuff in there in the future. Awesome. Yeah. Snaggle, give us your details. Uh, so right now you can find me like you can find TJ. Uh, you can find me on Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash OTP developments. We have a Brewers franchise on the go. We're about to start the 2022 uh, season. Uh, we finally made the playoffs for the first time, uh, made some big changes. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, I've got, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash snagglej. Uh, I've got uh, something big coming next week in regards to streaming. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but I do have some big news coming there. So your best place to find me for now is on Twitter at twitter.com slash snagglej. And, yeah, I'm excited to do the storylines thing with TJ. We've been kind of brainstorming away uh, because, you know, the next release of OOTP is going to be number 20. Uh, it's going to be a milestone edition of Out of the Park Baseball, so TJ and I are going to work hard to put our own little personal spin on it uh, and feel like that's something that we would really like to share with everybody and kind of you know help people get their ideas into the game as well, as long as they meet our very drastic PG filters. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be back on the Press Row Podcast. Uh, I'm always available, uh, so you know you know where to find me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. I am Brian Weedai, Pasta Padre. Follow me on Twitter, Pasta Padre, and at PastaPadre.com and at Sporting News. 
Uh, we will be back. Maybe not these two guys. Maybe. Maybe they will be. I don't know. We'll have to see whether Rich nixes one or both of you. He says he's had enough. Uh, he's going to come back and assert his authority, possibly. We shall see. Uh, but thank you, everyone out there, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Take care. Take care.